Last week, I was chatting with my wife, uh, as I often do, and she suddenly said, Brian, are you even listening? And I had to take an honest assessment of myself and say, you know, actually, I was sort of listening. I had something else, you know, that my mind was thinking about, and I sort of have this problem that I'm facing, you know, and I was just, like, spinning off out of control thinking about that instead. I could, and she even asked me, like, hey, could you tell me what I said, what I just said, and I can recite about half of it back. Uh, does that ever happen to any of you? <laughs> All right, a few hands out there. Uh, experts call that disengaging, all right? And it happens maybe when you've got something physical around you that's sort of distracting you, like, right? You have your cell phone in your hand and you're trying to do something on your cell phone and somebody's talking to you out here. You're kind of listening, but not really. You've got something else that you're focused on. It can also happen when you're, you know, sitting there trying to listen to the person, and then they say something that triggers some other memory for you, and suddenly your mind is off thinking about that thing instead. Totally innocent, it happens, but you've disengaged from the conversation. You're no longer paying attention to the person who's talking. Happens to me all the time. If it ever happens, you know, just call me out on it. I need some help. All right. So, maybe you don't struggle with disengaging, but you probably struggle with one of the other four common hindrances to listening, all right? Uh, so, for example, you might be the person who's constantly reassuring other people. Now, this is the person that never allows any other person uh, to sort of say anything negative. If they do, they, it's probably met with some sort of a cliche, like, it'll be okay it's not that bad, or everything happens for a reason, and I'm sure that you could come up with a lot of different cliches that are met with any sort of negative talk that somebody might come out with. They're the reassuring person. And in either of these cases and in all these cases, part of the issue is that we're not emotionally engaging with each other, and when we don't emotionally engage, then we don't connect with one another. And we all have that longing to connect with other people. We have a deep longing to be connected with other people. A third uh, common hindrance to listening is giving advice. This is the person that listens long enough to figure out some potential solutions that they can offer, and then they start firing off all the solutions, right? The problem with this is that you're not really listening. You're not really hearing the person. And you're sort of dismissing the person's problem, and most people want to be heard. They want to be listened to. They, they're not really looking for you to give them the solution to their problem. They just want you to say, man, that must suck. They want you to empathize with them. A fourth one uh, that happens is uh, going off on a tangent. So this is the person that like sort of takes over the conversation and just sort of boom, suddenly it's over here and you're like, I thought we were talking about this. I don't know about you, but that's probably the most annoying for me, the person that sort of runs off and they have their own agenda. I feel like, do you even care about me? Do you care about anything except yourself? All right, the last one is the person who interrupts. Um, this is the person who won't let the other person finish what they want to say. And I'll never forget, 
this was super helpful for me. Sandy and I were at a cross-cultural training event, and we learned that different cultures and even different families can have different rates of speech. And addition to that, we know they told us that in some cultures, there are different rates for the amount of time that you need before you can enter into the conversation. And after that training, Sandy and I both agreed that my family needs a lot more space before you enter into the conversation. So you can imagine who the interrupter is in our relationship. She knows this. I disengage, she interrupts. And when we do these things, we're not listening to each other. We're not really giving each other the attention that we desire or need, and we're not deepening our relationship with one another to the point that we want. We don't end up building that deep connection that we long for. And this isn't something that just happens in marriages. This happens in all sorts of relationships. So that's why we're doing this series on talking and listening. It's a series on communication because we're all humans and we all need to communicate with one another. So we're going to take a look and see how do we cultivate those kind of deep relational connections that we long for? How do we communicate in such a way that we can love one another and care about one another? And we're going to see what the Bible has to say about that. So if you want to jump into your Bible, Mark chapter 4, uh, we're going to open up there. And we're going to be in verse uh, 9 uh, through 20. So, I will begin reading. It will, should also be up on, perfect, it's up on the screen, uh, so you can follow along there as well. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So we're jumping into the middle of the passage here, just so you know. And the beginning of chapter 4, Jesus tells this whole story about a farmer throwing seed out into different places. And we'll get the full explanation of what it means in a little bit. For now what we need to know is that Jesus is inviting the people to engage, to listen, to really hear. I like how the message puts it. It says, are you really listening to this? Really listening? So in verse 10, Jesus continues, when he was alone with the 12 and the others, by the way, verse 9 is still the uh, crowd listening when he says, whoever has ears. That's an important point of clarity there. Uh, so verse 10, when he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. And he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seen, but never perceiving, ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. So uh, in verse 11 here, we see that Jesus says that the secret has been given to you. Past tense, it has already be been given to you, but everyone else gets these parable things. So the question is, why does it seem that some, you know, the 12 and the others, get the secret, but others don't? Why have they been given the secret? Well, I'll tell you, it's not because Jesus is building some sort of exclusive club. That's not what's happening here. It's not because the disciples and the others are extraordinary or special in some way, shape, or form. 
And it's not because they understood. They didn't get what it was. They were literally asking, what are you talking about, Jesus? I'll tell you what the secret was. They were asking. That's the secret. They stuck around long enough to ask. The other people were like, ah, he's talking about some farmer. I, don't, uh, I got some other stuff to do. They ran off. They didn't get it because they didn't ask. They didn't stick around and ask the question, what are you talking about, Jesus? That's the secret. It's really simple. Asking. To connect with Jesus, to really connect and become deeply connected with Jesus is about asking Jesus. Asking questions. Asking for clarity over and over again. Seeking understanding because chances are you're not going to understand it the first time. And that's okay. The secret is to keep asking for understanding, seeking clarity. I think it also happens to be the secret to communication in our relationships today. So often I hear somebody and I'm like, oh, I know what they're talking about. Instead of seeking to ask clarifying questions and asking deeper understanding, I just move on. And that's why verse 12 says what it says. We often become the people like verse 12. It says they're ever hearing, but never understanding. This actually comes from the Old Testament in Isaiah uh, chapter 6. Some of you might be familiar with this. Uh, it's the story of Isaiah's commissioning. But if you're not familiar with it, totally okay. It doesn't really matter. What is important here is that in Isaiah chapter 6, God is warning Isaiah that people aren't going to listen to him. They're not going to listen to what he has to say. They're going to pass it off and say, whatever, it doesn't matter. And what's interesting is that word in the Old Testament, the word that they use for hear there, has this sense of hearing, listening, and obeying. So there's an obedience part of that listening. It's not just hearing the words, it's actually living out what Isaiah is going to say. And in the New Testament here, the word that they use here is to understand, perceive, or make sense of what it is. So it's not just hearing the words and going, oh yeah, that sounds interesting. No, it's deeply understanding it. So otherwise, you're not going to understand it. You're just going to move on with your life and you're, you're going to miss out on the secret. And it, I think it's, it's common for, for myself and all of us to have that, like we hear things, it sounds so familiar, we just move on. And we don't really dig in to what, what the meaning is. And what I love about the disciples is that they come to Jesus and they say, what are you talking about? I don't understand. Can you help me understand? And what would it look like if we were people that did that? Said, I don't get it. Can you help me understand? And Jesus says, then in verse 13, don't you understand this parable? And that's not, I don't think that's a like shame on you. It's just, you don't understand it. He says, how then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like the seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. 
others. Like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word, and at once they receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things, come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. And when you think about this, and you hear that explanation, it, it just makes so much sense. It's clear. There are so many different distractions in this world, things that can get in the way of us really understanding and hearing what the Word of God is. How many of us have been like the thorny soil, you know, where we hear the Word of God only to have the worries of this life get in the way, and we miss out? And how many of us have been like the rocky soil, where we hear the Word and initially we're really excited, and then life's troubles come, and lo and behold, we forget the good news that we initially heard because the rocky things in our lives now are screaming out so loud that we forgot that God is actually good. The reality is there are all sorts of things, I couldn't even name all of them, things that get in the way of our relationship with God, things that get in our relationship with each other. And the question is, what kind of soil are you? What kind of soil do your ears and your heart have? And the invitation that Jesus is making for the disciples and for us today is to become good soil. Good soil are people who seek Jesus. They ask for clarifying questions. They ask the clarifying questions so that they can get clarity, so they can get understanding. When you don't understand, say, I don't get it! Help! And they don't just listen. They seek understanding. If today you feel like you are anything but the good soil, and you want to be the good soil, can I implore you today to ask? Ask for help. Get help. We have some of the people on our spiritual life survey that have already said, I need help. We hear you. We want to help you. Some of you didn't say that, and that's totally okay. You can still say, I need help. We would love to help you. All you have to do is ask, and then just keep doing that. Keep asking for help. I still need help. I'm a pastor. I study the Bible. I still need help. I ask other people questions like, what does this mean? What is God asking of us? But we're also talking uh, today about relationships. How do we communicate with each other? How do we deepen our relationships with one another? How do we build those deep connections that we all long for? And I would say that we can learn from this in the same way. We can ask deeper questions. We can ask for clarification. When we don't understand, or even if we think we understand, we can repeat it back to the person and say, is this what you're saying? 
so that we can begin to learn and understand one another. And I think, you know, what's interesting to me about this is this could go either way. If you can learn to listen to God, I think you can learn to listen to humans. And if you can learn to listen to humans, you can learn to listen to God. In fact, as I think about this, I tell my kids all the time, I want you to learn to listen to God and obey God's voice. Right now, that looks a lot like listening to your mom and dad. And I think for any of us, we can grow by learning to listen to one another. We can grow by learning to listen to God, and that will help us with the other one that we might be struggling with. So let's talk about some of the things that we can do. I'm going to give you five things uh, that you can do to become a better listener. Um, by the way, these do come from the Alpha Marriage course, but again, this isn't, in my opinion, a marriage thing. This is just a human communication thing. So we're, we're stealing from them, great material, uh, but don't, you don't have to be married to use these things, all right? So uh, number one, uh, try to put yourself in the other person's shoes. This is really important for us uh, to understand what is it that they're going through? What are they experiencing? What's it like for the other person to be feeling, experiencing the thing that we're going through? And allow the other person to finish what they're saying. Um, maintain eye contact the whole way through. And then as you're finishing up, uh, you know, don't rush them. Ask them if they're done. So try to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Number two, uh, and I think this was the most important, we'll circle back around to it, acknowledge what they've said. So once you've uh, tried to put yourself on, in their shoes, now you're going to acknowledge what they said. So uh, when you listen to what the other person says, try to reflect back what you hear them saying. So I'm hearing you say this. Is that what you're saying? Try to refrain from inserting your own opinions at this point in time or your own judgments. Just try to reflect back in a neutral way what you're hearing uh, from the other person. You can have a turn to speak later, but right now, and you can share your opinion later, but right now, when you're acknowledging, you're just trying to make sure that you understand what the person is trying to communicate to you. You're helping them out. Okay, the third one is find out what's most important. After they've finished talking, you can say, what's the most important thing here that you've said? Can help them to really summarize, clarify what it is uh, that they've said, and then you can go back and you can reflect back. So I think I hear you're saying that this is the most important thing. The fourth thing is help them uh, work out what they might want to do. So sometimes you can say, is there anything that I can do to help you do what you're kind of talking about or that you want to do? And again, um, you can always reflect back what they say to make sure that you understand. You're seeking clarity here. The last thing that you can do is you can say, is that all that you wanted to say? Is there anything else that you want to say? Again, you're giving them the floor and the opportunity to speak. Don't assume that you already know everything. Don't assume that they've finished what they've saying. Remember, in my family culture, in some cultures, there's a little bit more pause that you need before it's okay to enter into the conversation. And if you say, if maybe you do interrupt and you say, is that all you have to say or is there anything else? Might be an okay way to interrupt, but you know, you're giving them the space, making sure that they've been able to say all that they want to say. So, two weeks ago, we talked about discipleship being this process of putting off, getting rid of the old clothes, and putting on the new clothes. 
This week, I want to implore you to think about two things that you can take home this week. What's one thing that you need to put off? Maybe it's one of those five hindrances uh, to go through those again. Uh, maybe you disengage. Maybe you're the reassuring person. Maybe you're the giving advice person. Maybe you're the tangent person. Or maybe you're the interrupter. Put off that. Work really hard this week to not do that thing. And then pick one of the things that we talked about to put back on. One of the five ways to engage uh, in good listening. You can put yourself in the other's shoes. You can acknowledge what they've said. Uh, and I think if you're trying to figure out, for me, that's the most important one. Reflect back what they say. Uh, find out what's most important. Uh, help them work out what they might do. And then ask them if that's all that they wanted to say. All right. Uh, see what happens this week if you do that. Now, listening shapes us. It connects us to each other. In fact, an author by the name of Michael P. Uh, Nichols wrote the book, The Lost Art of Listening. Great book if you want to pick it up. Uh, I, forget, uh, I have it on Kindle, otherwise I'd you know, show you what it looks like. Uh, and he says this, we define and sustain ourselves in conversation with others. Let me say that again. We define and sustain ourselves in conversation with others. He says that recognition, or being listened to, is the response from the other person that makes our experience meaningful. To me, that's so fascinating. It's so powerful. We literally define ourselves by our conversations with others. Wow. And then, being heard is what provides meaning in our lives. This is what establishes the deep connections that we long for. And it just made me think, in a world where we're struggling with mental health issues, it's why it's so important for us to listen and to validate others. And I was thinking, Confirmation Sunday today, we have a lot of teens in the room. Man, in a world where many of your friends are struggling with feeling like they're worth anything, they're wrestling with their own mental health, what a gift it would be for you to listen. And then I thought about, you know, we're going to be talking about talking next week. I hope you can come back next week here or Howard Drive and you can hear about what it looks like to give the validation, the words, the affirmation that people need so that they can provide meaning for themselves in their own lives. But this week, we're working on those two things. We're getting rid of the old the hindrances, and we're putting on the new. We're listening, imploring one of those things. And then I just want you to imagine, what would happen if our church became a church that was really good at listening to others? How many more people would know that A, they were loved, and B, that God loved them? That's what we want our church to do and to be like. We want to send you out to be good listeners so people know that they are loved and that God loves them. Let's pray. God, thanks for your word. Thanks for the reminder here in scripture that all we have to do is ask. There's not a huge secret. There's nothing special that we have to do. We can ask. And that you long to answer us. You gave the disciples and the others that stuck around the answer. 
and that God, hopefully in this church, we can help one another find the answers to the questions that we have. We can really seek to understand you and we can seek to understand each other so that more and more people would know that they are loved and that you love them. Amen.